Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we bullshit for 17 minutes before starting the show <laughs> and read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel oh. and recommend the 10 comics you should be picking up this new comic book day. I'm your host, Dallas. I'm Alexis. And I'm Anne. And for today's episode, we are going to be going over and discussing Alexis's pick. Alexis, do you want to introduce your book? Sure. Okay. Um, so for my book this week, I decided that I wanted to make Dallas read a different type of spider book. <laughs> I put my foot down. I chose this one because the covers were pretty. Mm-hmm. Be real, that's the only reason I choose anything. And I chose Spider-Woman, the new, the new run that started in 2020 and that's currently going. So been very very fun and i really enjoyed it and i'm trying to find the name of the person that wrote it (laughs) it's like i know it but i'm gonna let you find it yes i know it too i'm looking at it and i'm just gonna let her shut up founder she can do it i don't mind i have no shame oh dang i type spider-man wrong one all right so anyway it was written by carlo pacheco (laughs) with art by Jerry perez and Dude. what a team. What a <gasps> fun yeah. Spider-Woman mm-hmm. team. Um, I don't know. What what did we think of this book? This, I really liked it. Like, you talk about, like, the fun team. It's, like, out of the Spider-Woman runs I've read before, it's always, like, <laughs> you have, like, Bendis and then ad artists here. There's, like, um, I remember I liked the first Bendis story with, like, um her origin but I, I'm not a big fan of the Luna Brothers, so I didn't like the art there. Mm. And then there's the um, next one Bendis did where I didn't like the writing as much, but I really liked, um, I believe it was Alex Malev's art. I think I'm saying his name uh, right. Alex Malev. Yeah. Alex Malev. There we go. I and then, love um, his work. His work is fantastic. That book was beautiful. And then you have all the fun stuff that happened with um, Javier Rodriguez just a couple of years ago with Spider-Woman getting pregnant, which was such a fun run that I didn't check out at the time because the internet told me I shouldn't. <laughs> I hate I hate the way I listened to internet commenters back in like 2015. It, I missed out on so much. Not like weird um, internet personas. <laughs> yeah, we hate, we hate internet exactly. comic people. What a terrible so group much. of individuals. Not like that's oh. how we met. If you make a talks account on Twitter, I don't care for you. It's just, I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) You're a bad person. (laughs) Anyway, that was a fun run. But this one feels much more up my alley. Like, that last one was very fun. But this one feels like it perfectly balances, like, very serious aspects. But also very funny, like, moments. And that's where I, I like my humor in just, like, moments. I want the focus to be on the character and her struggles, her journey. And, yeah, I think this... This was perfect. It feels like this run was made for me. I have some problems like pacing issues and some just weird story beats. But overall, I've been following this since it came out, and I've been loving it. So, I like it, too. Alexis, what do you think? Honestly, I really, really liked it. For a spider universe, I don't want to burn it. So <laughs> that was good. That was unexpected. Um but no, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I liked kind of the dark and brooding, like inner mm-hmm. turmoil that I feel like she was 
really having to struggle and deal with for a long time. Loved the new suit. Thought it was super fun and funky fresh. Super emo. Loved it. (laughs) But no, I just thought it was really fun. And also, I feel like very relatable of like the shit you have to do sometimes when you're broke. I'm learning that the hard way. (laughs) It's great. It's great. I felt I felt very emotionally attached. I think Jessica Drew is such an underrated and fun character. Right. You know, like this is the this is actually the very first dedicated Spider Woman solo I've ever read. Really? Yeah, because same as you, I didn't read the hopeless Rodriguez run because everyone's like, Meh, it's no good. And I was like, Okay. For some reason I listened to these incels and then <laughs> I'm just calling it how it is. Yep. And I've always meant to go back to read it and I just haven't ever done it. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. so I started collecting this, but I hadn't read any of it until this week. It was just sitting in my comicsology as like a lump of shame. And <laughs> lump of shame. <laughs> but I mean that's what I'm gonna call cancer when I get it, my lump of shame. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> when I love how it's when it's not, not even if. if. With the amount of processed food I eat and the fact that I grew up by an Air Force base, it's not if, it's when. Oh, we love positive thinking. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. Jessica Drew comes up in a lot of the books I've read, right? Like, Bendis clearly has a fondness for the character. She comes up a lot in New Avengers. Um, clearly, Kelly Thompson has a fondness for the character. And I think her role in the ongoing Captain Marvel has been my very favorite Jessica Drew ever yeah. that I've read. Carol has a fondness for the character. Yeah, we'll get into that. We will get into uh, how they're in love. But I don't know. This run was very fun, very upbeat. Like, it, it read well. I do think it was a little continuity heavy, if I'm being honest. Like, I feel like the 10 issues that we read were very tied up in trying to clean up the origin of the character. Wait, we were only supposed to read 10 issues? How many did you read? 14? 14. Word. Cool. Okay, I have more knowledge than you. <laughs> that well, no, I, I read ahead, too. I mean, if we all read ahead, then we might as well just talk about it all. I haven't read issue I've 14 only, yet. I've only been to 12. Mm. Well, have, okay, okay. That is fine. That's the sword people. Oh. Well, 11 and 12 are the sword guys. Those were not my favorite, but we'll you didn't like you didn't like those issues. They weren't my favorite. I like the other ones more. That's where it picked up for me. Mm -hmm. I honestly like one through ten. I was like, oh, it's another black suited Spider-Man story. Great, you put on your black suit and you all of a sudden become an asshole to everyone around you. Man, this is such a fun character beat. No, because you read too much. Uh, I love. Oh wow. What? There's an entity inside of you that's taking your emotions and elevating them in a negative way, and it happens to be personified by a black suit? OMG. What a story. You are so sassy for your own good. (laughs) Are you wearing a black suit right now? Because I'm feeling it. I am. Yeah, I've got my (laughs) black suit. The black suit Dallas arc. Even when they did it in Invincible, when they gave him that blue and black suit, and they're like, now with the black suit Invincible storyline. I was like, honestly, we shouldn't have done it the first time. And here we are, 17 homages later. I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, 
there is something in my lizard brain that likes the red suit on Jessica Drew, and I know that's just horny Dallas. So, yeah. See, I don't know. Black suit, I think, is better. Yeah. Wait. She says it makes her butt look good. I like the biker suit from The Hopeless Run the best. Mm. The like the red with the black and the coat. I I think that's dope. That's my favorite. But I like the classic red more than I liked this black suit. Okay, what's the difference though? You say it's from the horny Dallas perspective. I want. I want to yes. hear. What's the difference between the black and the red one? He likes red. <laughs> I don't know. She kept saying I, how. I, yeah, I don't know. There's just something alluring about that suit. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, like, it's like it's like a fish lure. Mm-hmm. Whenever she's on the page, I'm like, hmm. Ah. <laughs> I am not as evolved as I think I am. <laughs> Are those your pheromones, or are you just in the red suit? <laughs> exactly. I start to feel how Anne feels about space blondes. Yeah, mm. it's powerful, isn't it? I mean, she feels the same it way is. about space blondes. So. Yeah, Jessica Drew does feel the same way about space blondes. All right, let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about Jessica and Care Bear. Care Bear? Oh I love that. They're in love. Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. They're in love. They've been in love since they first met in the... um. Their- Avengers um, annual number 10 back in like the 70s. It was, it's so cute. The talk about the whole history. God, I should bring on, there's so many people that follow me on Twitter I could bring on just to talk about this subject. But uh, it needs to happen. It's like, Rhodey's like fine. Rhodey's fine. Roger, I guess that's his name. He's fine. Sure, <laughs> I guess. Uh, neglected we can husband. Do better. I, neglected okay, husband is fine. Pause. I feel so bad for him. Like I like, 100% am all for the two lovely ladies, but like um, that one, the one issue where he was like waiting to propose to her, I was yep, like, yep. oh, oh no, okay. Like, okay, I don't need these feelings. And she just is like, okay, bye. Don't care. It's bye. Like, the way I feel about Roger, you know that that meme of the kid crying and he's like loading a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's that me to Roger. I'm like, you're a nice guy, but I will what? do what it takes. I yeah. I wholeheartedly think that Lois Lane and Mary Jane Watson are the only two successful non-powered partners for superheroes. Other than that, I think it's a mistake. I think you end up leaving a compelling character in the dust and then just setting yourself up for heartbreak and drama every single time. I love Iris West, but the amount of the Mark Wade run that's spent with her being like, mm, you're neglecting me. And I'm like, you're right. He is neglecting you. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to leave. And you're no, I'm like, Brett. you really should. Honestly, like as much as I love Wally and you love Wally, the man's is not emotionally available. He's yeah. got a lot more on his plate than you think. Say, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but Roger actually is a, a superhero. He is, yeah. He's porcupine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not laughing at not laughing at the poor porcupine. <laughs> he, but, like, look me in the eyes and tell me he's played as a super character. No, he's not. <laughs> he's a super dad, but that's about it. He like, is a super dad. Jessica Drew, absentee parent. Yeah, no kidding. But honestly, just let Roger marry the night nurse and raise that sweet little jer bear, that little sweet baby. Oh, Jelly. And let Jessica go off and do unspeakable things to the space blonde. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whoa. Oh my gosh. There's it's like it's a thing because every time they're written together, they have like the most on-screen chemistry. Like but if you want to think of them as friends, or if you want to think of them as a couple, they have some of the best interactions I've seen between any two characters in comics ever. 100%. And that's like consistent through any run. It's just it's always a joy to see them on screen talking together, you know? Hundred percent. Uh, I would be hard pressed to think of a couple that I like better than them, honestly. Yeah. Cause even like I love Peter and MJ, but also there are times I'm like MJ, leave his ass. He <laughs> is being a bad husband. Kick his, <laughs> kick his guilt-ridden ass to the curb. He's gonna throw away your marriage for his decrepit aunt. Come on, do better. Do better. But yeah. like Jess and Carol are wonderful. And, like, I love that there was the conflict between the two of them in this run. Mm-hmm. I like oh that they had to actually talk about it. It was good. It was human. It was definitely, yeah. they are the strong point of both this run and the Captain Marvel run. That's going the thing, on. The thing with Jessica, I think she really grounds Carol. She, like, because Carol sometimes gets in a little, she gets a little too full of herself. She forgets, like, who she's supposed to be. But Jessica's like, hey, you're Carol. You're my best friend. I need you here. I need you focused. And that's, I like that she has, like, not to borrow, like, a flash term, but she has that lightning rod that keeps her grounded. And I think that Carol does the same for Jessica when she needs it. And she tried to do that here. And even though Jessica was struggling with, like, that, the super bad antidote thing. Oh, with the with the symbiote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Struggling with her symbiote suit. <laughs> I like that Carol didn't give up. Like, it was obvious that Jessica hurt her, especially that one thing she said to her about, like, you're just jealous that I have the family you'll never have, which, by Oof. the way, really, really Ugh. hurt. The way that they drew Carol's face in that panel is, like, haunting. It's it's awful. It's like, that's the worst thing you've ever said to me, and you can feel the pain. That That's one of my favorite moments from the entire, in the entire run, to be honest. And it's just... It's, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm just thinking about these two. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> Distracted. Very distracted. distracted. Alexis, what is it that you felt like you liked most about Jessica Drew as a character? I don't know. I feel like I really liked getting to know her more because I feel like my first introduction to her was with that Captain Marvel run that we did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I can feel like there's so much more to her as a character. Like, I didn't know that she had a son. I didn't know she had this much depth to her. Um, I didn't know the extent of her powers, what they were like, what caused them, where she was, like what she's doing. I don't know. And it was just really, really fun to like, I really like how well they explained what happened to her and like really showed it. And I really felt the emotions that she felt like where with her discovery of like her mom, what happened, those types of things. Um, And I don't know. I just feel like I was really emotionally drawn to her story and like what she was going through i dig i like it what do we think of jess's personality as a person because i think she's wonderful yeah i think that's one of the reasons why it's just so enjoyable to read through her books it's just because she's a good person and it's crazy she's one of those characters i classify as like you're a good person and you shouldn't be because of all the shit you've been through (laughs) you should be the worst, most unbearable person on the planet, and I wouldn't blame you for a second. But the fact that she's still here, she's still choosing to be an active mom, a caring mom, a caring partner, a caring friend, 
especially at the beginning of the run before everything kind of goes like sideways for her for a little bit. And the fact she's willing to do all this, not just for her own son's sake, but for her niece's sake, for her brother's sake, that's that's self-sacrifice. That's something I really like seeing in a character who's already had to give more than any person really should. I 100% agree. I think there's a lot of emotional depth to her, mm-hmm. but I think she seems to have a better handle on her great power, great responsibility than <laughs> Peter Just does. Just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you feel some of the fun of a Spider-Man comic of like, oh man, this is a working class hero that has to worry about rent, that has to like figure out familial duties. That's fun. That's compelling. But also, like, I don't ever see Spider-Woman like sitting on a gargoyle on a skyscraper crying in the rain. You know what I mean? But right. like, she I could see Peter Parker doing this. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's charming. The her quips while fighting are funny. She like mm-hmm. I feel like she encapsulates so many of the strengths of Spider-Man, but doesn't fall in the pitfalls of writers wanting to torture Peter Parker. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I wrote Peter Parker, I'd want to torture him too. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> That's besides the point. <laughs> I'll just write my own Spider-Man run and just ruin it for everyone. One more day, part two. <laughs> Just call that the Nick Spencer run, baby. <laughs> mm, that's some hot tea. <laughs> Warmed up in the microwave, like oh. this effing story that Nick Spencer is feeding us. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's so close. It's so close to being done. I can't be angry about it anymore. It's so I, close. I have a feeling you can be, but like, thank you for, about for moving about on for, from it. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right. What did we think of, like, the villains of this run? The whole clones and high evolutionary of it all? Strong or not strong? See, this is where it gets a little, a little iffy for me because I thought that... Um, what was her Octavia Vermis? I thought that she was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the high evolutionary was squandered a little bit because I would have liked to see the high evolutionary play in earlier in the run to set that up. But other than his use, I don't really have any complaints about it. I think for me, it goes back a little bit to what you were saying about like the pacing of the story. Mm-hmm. It felt weird. It felt like it dragged at certain points and then it would rush through something like the high evolutionary. It felt yeah. like... Mm-hmm. There were, like, a lot of times that I had to flip back and make sure that I hadn't missed a page of the comic. Does that make sense? Where, like, yeah. I'd be reading, and then there'd be such, like, a hard cut to, like, a completely different scene. And I felt like I was picking up mid-sentence. That I was like, oh, what the hell? And then, I, like, and that's never a great sign. You know what I mean? It's still a strong comic book, but there were quite a few times that I felt like, oh, I wish you would have stayed in that moment a little longer oh, I wish we would have gone a little quicker through this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I only say this because it was a good comic that I liked. If it mm-hmm. wasn't a good comic, then I'd just be like, whatever, this is trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, Um, read. I'll tell you, reading this month to month when it was coming out, there were a couple times where an issue would end, and I'm like, I'm not really sure what just happened. Like, especially with the um the clone mom. When the clone mom... The first time when she betrayed Jessica, just oh, kind of like yeah. out of nowhere. It comes out like, of nowhere. I was what like, just oh, happened? what? Her mom is beating her up now? Okay. I'm like, it's a good 
tag. It's a good cliffhanger, and I'm interested to see what happened, but it just, wow, it just popped out of nowhere. And then the next issue where she just, like, keeps getting more and more deranged, and you slowly find out she was a clone. I don't think it was until the issue after that where it says in the front that she was a clone that I figured out that's what was happening. So I, yeah. I feel like I just got lost in the noise of the issue, and I wasn't sure what was going on. This run felt especially the first 10 issues felt very inspired by invincible to me where mm-hmm. like they had the big pages with all the, the tiny fight scenes mm-hmm. and like really visceral violence as much as like a Marvel comic will let you. Mm-hmm. It felt that was just what I kept coming back to is I was like, Oh, these action scenes feel inspired by Ryan Otley and invincible, but it's not quite the same level of craft where there are, where these fight scenes are offset by the emotional beats that ground a story. Right. You know what I mean? Like there, there were a lot of issues that I was like, this is a long fight and like nothing else is happening. Mm -hmm. And did you feel like sometimes there was like too much happening during the fight scenes? Yeah. I got lost. Yeah. When you have like the moments of calm to set up the emotional beats, but then you have the fight scenes to, you know, do the fight scenes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I felt like I was just scrambling to look through all the action just to find all the right, you know, speech bubbles and just to keep track of everything that was happening. I think some issues handled it better, like the issue where her and Carol just go around beating up aliens trying to find out where Counter-Earth is. I thought that handled it okay, but there were other issues like in the mountain where it's like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's happening. It's just a lot of white noise right now. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. I think this book has like the seed of greatness. And I feel like if I, and this is super unfair to this book, but if I didn't consistently compare it against Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel, Mm -hmm. that I think is excellent. I think that I wouldn't expect so much from this book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, I see this character every month over in a book that's better than this. Hmm. As much as I do like this book. I hear that. Mm -hmm. Say, Talking just about the issues that come after this arc, I think the pacing, from what I've read so far, feels a lot better. Oh, wait. It's like I'm not day. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I like the story better. Cause I, I'm going to be honest. I really, I, I'm such a, I love family twists in comics. I know they're like a nickel a dozen, but like, did I say they nickel? It's a dime a dozen. And anyways. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> that much cheaper in comics. It's a nickel <laughs> a dozen. They're so common. I always like them because i'm always like i'm here for that soap opera drama and i like the fact that she had a hidden brother and a hidden niece that she didn't even know about i thought that was really interesting and i'm here for it see i did like that too yeah i really like that aspect of the story i liked seeing her descent into darkness and i liked seeing the repercussions of it when she snapped out of it i liked all of that i think i like that more than what's happening right now even though right now it's more like just generic superhero story and that's pretty chill in its own right but I think the pacing definitely improved after the story ended. So just kind of like a system of like checks and balances, I guess, in terms of storytelling. I agree. I like the family drama in this new arc that's going on with the Rogers getting left out to dry. And yeah. he's kind of like not okay just being her stay-at-home husband anymore, you know? Yeah. And I like it doesn't seem pouty either. It doesn't seem like it's coming out of nowhere. Like it's being seeded where he he is you can see him being patient and her consistently letting him down. And she and so doesn't even care. She doesn't too. care. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you can see where she's coming from, you know, like she's being herself and 
she's being the woman he fell in love with. It's just like, it feels like real drama between a couple. And I think that's a huge strong point of the new arc. Yeah. And that's also another thing I'm here for. I'm here for couple drama. I dig it. I love couple drama in comics. John Romita Sr. telling Stan Lee to shove it and just let him write a romance comic in the original Spider-Man run was the best thing that happened to modern comics. (laughs) Because everyone else now just writes melodramatic bullcrap, and I love it. We love Um, when they're eccentric about things. I agree. Uh, Another nitpick, just from Dallas... The brother and Roger look too similar, and I always I have to take a double take to be like, which blonde man with a beard is this? Like Especially when on I, the plane. yeah, on I was the like, plane. Roger, yes. and I was, plane. Like, I was like, wait, wait that's Roger's, not Roger. <laughs> I was like, Roger's running away. Oh wait, no, that's. I was the like, why is it plane? dramatic that she finds Roger? We knew he left. <laughs> yeah, I was. It. They look too similar. Too similar. Make one of them a brunette. Come on. I know all hard. of us. I know all Roger. of us white straight men look the same, but oh my god, Roger should just like dye his hair some crazy. He should dye his hair like red or something. Just like go through his like emo phase. He's like, Jessica won't pay attention to me. I'm listening to MCR now. I'm rebelling. <laughs> <laughs> and then the baby is listening to MCR too. Oh, my gosh. oh. poor little oh. Jerry. <laughs> Speaking of like Jerry, just like um thinking about him. Dallas, you you read the Captain Marvel run. You've mm-hmm. met future Jerry, right? I love him. Yeah? What a homeboy. What a homeboy. I just have I to like... a shout out to him because this baby grows up to be someone really cool. <laughs> I do. Oh. That, honestly, volume five of Captain Marvel is, I think, the strongest volume. Really? So far. I loved it. I can dig it. The mm-hmm. hop to the future. Kelly Thompson just gets to play with all of her favorite characters. I love the Kelly Thompsonification of these books, where she's like, if you won't let me write A-Force, I'll turn every book into A-Force. Screw that's, you. That's a good point, because it's happened three, like three times during this run, and that's perfect. And it's happening in Black Widow right now. Oh my god, yeah, I completely forgot. The a forceification of a Kelly Thompson book. I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. Fake everything. Oh, I can't wait for the... Oh, it's going to happen in Spider-Man 2. So, um, Colleen um, Wing and... um. Misty Knight are coming back. So yes, we're going to get A-Force over there, too. The yeah. amazing Spider-Man Force. Yes. I love it. See, ever, dear listener, if you're listening to this and you don't follow <laughs> us on Twitter, God bless you, honestly. You are the real fo- You are the real listeners of this podcast. Thank you for not engaging with Twitter.com. But to all the rest of you scumbags like the rest of us, you know Anne is a Spider-Man fan now. And this oh. is how I win. <sighs> yeah. This is what happens. (laughs) Go ahead and confess, Anne. Confess your sins to Alexis. Lexi's just like, you won't get me to. (laughs) I'd rather die. I will not go down without a fight. (laughs) He will read Backstagers eventually. I did read Backstagers. It was a cutie book. I liked it. Yeah, But were you on the podcast? No. No. So where's the proof? Busted. Boom, bada, bing. Um... I think I just firehosed Alexis too much with Spider-Man, honestly. I think if I would have been like, I was like, if here are a few Spider-Man. No, episode three, I was like, all right, you have to read 70 issues of Spider-Man in a week. See you next week. It was horrible. Who does that? And I was working three jobs. You were Peter Parker, and I was J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) True. Oh my gosh, that's the truth. Parker. Honestly, I love Spider-Man. 
But we're not talking about Spider Man. Really? We're talking about Spider Woman. I had no idea. Hey, shut up, Space Blonde. He need- <laughs> we both got a type. I oh, like she star- just left. I like she snarky gone. white dude. You like tough Space Blonde. She quit. Uh, she got it. Yep, yep, I quit. <laughs> she has an action figure. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my wife ever again. <laughs> Go back on your shelf. <laughs> Alexis is over here like, I don't even like comic books. I'm just here to harass you two. <laughs> I, just, just... I should just start not reading any of the comics and just come on and give 100% hot takes about something I didn't read. That would is be it, fantastic. Is that not what you're already doing? About 50% of the time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> just kidding. I read everything now. Yay. Not the now. first Spider-Man run. Criminal. <laughs> Emphasis on now. <laughs> I started I'm, reading everything when Anne was here, our regular. Okay, come on. Whoa. I gotta there keep is, up. There's no loyalty to me. Nope. <laughs> None. 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 Just I Anne. also, man. Anne for president this, of Comics Collective. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I felt it this week when, when, like, all of the emails were like, this one's specifically for Anne, but the rest you can answer to if you want. And I was Hold like, up, what? Like, oh. word, word. Sounds good. Me and Alexis will play patty cake. <laughs> Oh no! How many of them are now? We have a long list of Spider Woman questions. Should we get into them? <gasps> Did I pick a good one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Might, yeah, might give us some like specific fun topics to talk about. So that might be a good idea. All right. First and foremost, the king himself, writer mm-hmm. of all questions, the person that writes in oh, on manifest. Thursday every week, mm-hmm. Glenn Machette. With says, three N's. With three N's and four T's. He says, Spider-Woman question. Hey, Houston, Princess Sparklefists, and Lexicon Pexaglass. <laughs> that was good. Wait, wait, what, what was my name again? Princess Sparklefists. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm going to pronounce it the New York way, Houston. And oh, no. Lexicon Plexiglass. Honestly, that. That, that rules. <laughs> I, I don't know why I think that's so funny. He Ooh. says, I love Jessica, and I love the idea of a mom as a superhero. What are some of your favorite superhero parents? Also, should Jessica and Carol be a couple, or yes. are there too many of those types in comics? You know I mean, what I mean. I don't. I don't know what you mean. Oh, my gosh. Um, too many gals being pals, I guess. Yeah. Too many, uh, too many they were roommates. <laughs> Too many very close friends. Um, I think they should be lesbians. That's all I gotta say. I thought they were American. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they become Lebanese. That's my shout out for anyone who remembers fine. Don't age us like that, Anne. We can't admit that we were fine fans. We got to get on TikTok like the kids. <laughs> <laughs> if neither one of you seen that, remind me and I'll send it to the chat after this. <laughs> you should send it anyway. I will I find it. Anyway. where it was coming okay. from. <laughs> Lexi, who are your favorite parents in comics? Oh, that is such a good question. Oh, I need to take a breather after that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I was going to say Elastigirl is a joke, but. I'll revoke that joke. Um, I don't know what other parents are there. I'm trying to think and of who has children. 
the Fantastic like, Four. Rule. I was gonna say the original Elastigirl, Reed Richards. <laughs> Word. I like the Invincibles is just a fanfic about how the thing and Reed should just date already. Uh, well, no, I was gonna say I like kind of the interesting dynamic of um, Octavia and her quote unquote child. Ooh. The audible gasp I made with that twist. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, we're doing this now. Oh, you're where are you taking her? Oh, to the oh, lava pit. Yeah. Okay, Just cool. Lava pit. Okay. Bye bye, child. Parent Bye-bye, of Chloe. the year. Every time yeah. your kid gets difficult, throw them in the lava pit. Literally, I love the like cartoon drawings that she's made yes. of herself killing her child over and over and over again. Made me it giggle. Was very, it was very fun. I was like, ah, if dad was a single parent, right there. Word. Uh, and do you have a favorite parent in comics? Um, I'm trying to think of one who doesn't throw their kid in a lava pit. It's 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 harder than you might think. Um, I have to give a shout out to the new parents, Arthur and Mara, for yeah. doing their best with Andy. I love them. I love this new dynamic they have, and I wish we got to see more of it. Please give me more Aquaman comics. Um, but also. Like, honestly, I have always loved the dynamic that the Fantastic Four has with their yes. kids. I love, ah, uh, gosh. I, I remembered Val, and then I, like, couldn't remember Franklin's name for a second. I'm like, what's the other one? What's what's yeah, the dumb one's name? <laughs> what's the oh. dumb god one's name? Oh. He's smart. He's just not Fantastic Four smart. He's I just not Franklin. fantastic. <laughs> Reed's like, you're great. You're a disappointment, but you're great. I love you, son. I love you still. That's so cool. You have cosmic powers. And yeah, I get out of the way for your genius daughter, your genius sister. <laughs> yeah, but Franklin's like, look, Dad, I made a new universe. He's like, that's nice. And he looks over at Valeria's like, oh, did you solve this formula? Thank you. I love you. Thank you, my sweet oh. little my sweet little peach. <laughs> also, I don't want to take like all of them, but did you guys read um Dark Ages? This yes. Week? It was so good. Spider yeah. Dad. Spider Dad rules. Exactly. Oh. I, knew you, I knew that you would love that one, so I had to bring that one up. I was so happy when I saw... Uh, I was so happy. I love Spider-Dad. Anyone that's like, oh my gosh, they're moving Peter Parker off the page. I'm like, we could have Spider-Dad. You fools. <laughs> you absolute morons. Yes. We could have Spider-Man married to Mary Jane with a toddler <laughs> with bright red hair and they could eat yes. pancakes and sing songs oh. you fools you morons <laughs> miles could be okay. the main action packed one this is there's nothing but wins and they're like but if peter parker is a 25 and sexually frustrated how will i relate <laughs> and as a certified wife guy i say it doesn't need to relate to you. It needs to relate to me, the <laughs> Spider-Man fan. Spider-Man is now only officially written for Dallas. The end. These fools want him to relate to them, when in reality he should relate to me. <laughs> you are something else. I need to adopt this new mentality. <laughs> the character only matters if it relates to me. Yep. Fan service is wrong unless it services me. There we then go. It is, then it is good fan service. Oh, Me at Jessica Drew's abs in the series. <laughs> Me at the entire deceased line of comics. Anybody that's like, deceased is just fan service. I'm like, exactly. Now get off my lawn. Green Canary, baby. Oh, I miss Green Canary already. We you know what? Green Canary, Green Canary would never be Deathstroke's sidekick. I'm just saying. Green Canary knows what she's about. 
we are not getting this tangent. And regular Black Canary, she knows her place by Slade Wilson's side. Oh! Tell us! I don't actually believe that. Yeah, take it back. What are your freaking favorite parents, Dallas? Um, my own. Um, uh, quick shout out to Mark Grayson and Adam Eve. They seem to be pretty good parents and Invincible Rules. And Tara is very cool. Also, Marky is very cool. Um, very curious how they'll address all that in the show. Because, boy, howdy, was it not perfect in the comics. Just a little, a little something, something. It's such a, like, an interesting... Sorry, Glenn, this is not an answer to your question, but... There's such an interesting trend of, like, comic books want to deal with these big, hard topics, and I think that's admirable, but they mm-hmm. so consistently age like milk that you're yeah. like, why why is this something that's going on? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just seems to be shown so often that, like, your 1970, your 2010, your 1990 take on whatever social justice thing is not going to age well. It's not going to look great. And, like, I don't know what the solution is because I don't want them to be these apolitical entities that don't deal with any hard topics. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, boy, 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 is that not handled perfectly? Oh, it's some that's a that's a subject for another day. We could talk for two hours about how how um comics can handle things like that respectfully. It just but- it all comes down to execution. It does. And then there's a way to talk about things without setting yourself up as like the monolithic answer to it all, mm-hmm. but still being respectful and helpful. You know what like, I mean? Yeah. And it also comes down to the tone of the comic. Like there's like Invincible has like these huge, big, gory graphic moments that plays off just for shock value. Is that the place you want to bring in a sensitive topic like this where it's going to feel like just another piece of shock value? Or do you figure out another way to tell the same story? It's 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 hard, but not to get off Glenn's question too much. It's just, it's a fascinating subject. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the big pitfalls, and we'll get into it at the end of this month, that Saga falls in with Petrichor's introduction. Ooh. Is okay. that it's played for shock value. Some mm-hmm. The thing that happens in Invincible is played for shock value. You take people's human experience that's different than your own, and you play it as shock value, and it never ages well. It never, even, even like in the moment it's released, it doesn't play that mm-hmm. well. You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> He's just going to go pout about it. Good job, Glenn. You broke Dallas. You hurt him too deep this time. It's too deep. All right. Carlos Lorenzo asks, any news about Spider-Woman movie? Is it still in the works or canceled? Thanks so much. Well, Carlos, with my immediate plug into Hollywood, let me tell you. um, (laughs) Olivia Wilde tweeted a picture of a spider emoji, and the internet went insane. And that is all the news that I'm aware of. That is it. Of that movie. There's no official announcement. There's no, this is actually happening. The rumor mill is that Olivia Wilde is going to be directing a Spider-Woman movie for Sony. Is there anything else to that? so far Anne? there's i wish i could say i used to be so up to date with all the movies that were happening i know there's been rumors of one at the very least for years now 
But I know with Jessica Drew especially, there's such a complicated like rights issue. Um, it looks like the movie was confirmed to be Spider-Woman by Wilde. This was back in August of last year. That was a report that comes from several different sources, all from Deadline Hollywood. So it's actually a pretty reliable source. I don't know if it's an animated movie or a live action movie. All we know is Olivia Wilde is supposedly involved. But the way I take it is any movie that gets announced that isn't directly from like Kevin Feige is kind of a coin toss whether it's going to happen or not. I don't trust like DC movies or Sony movies are going to come out half the time. Mm -hmm. So who knows what's going to happen? The the rights issue with Jessica Drew, because she's both an Avenger, but also a Spider-Man character, technically just because her name is Spider-Woman. It's... It's Which is so, ridiculous. It's yeah, it's just so confusing. I just I figured whatever happens is when I will know exactly how this falls. You know, I don't yeah. try to put a lot of mental energy into figuring out that situation. Cause it's like it just hurts. I don't want to think about it. So I honestly cannot say. The last we heard anything concrete was August of 2020, and that's concrete as in like unmixed, still powdery. It's in a bag. <laughs> That's our, <laughs> that's our concrete confirmation. <laughs> I'm sorry, that really hit my funny bone. That was good. Good job. Thank you. That's that's why you pay me the big bucks. Exactly. That's why you get free ninety nine. Um, yeah, Anne is technically slave labor. Technically. So is Alexis. Technically, I mean, if we're gonna split hairs, um, I yeah, I don't know comic book movies haven't captured my excitement in the same way they have since like Endgame, if I'm being real. Ooh. Like I like them. I get excited. I always see them. But like this burning desire to like follow it all mm-hmm. isn't there anymore. I don't know what happened. Maybe I just got grumpy. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean Chris Evans is not in anything anymore, so what's the point? Word. Word. Um I will say I felt very burned when I felt like there wasn't a single big Shang-Chi reveal that the trailer hadn't spoiled for me in the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Especially like, I'm going to be elusive (sighs) for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. You know, the, like the thing that comes out of the water. Yes. I would have loved if that was a surprise, but I literally saw it that afternoon as just like the random, like, go see it tonight. 10 second clip on Instagram. The scene oh. with like Shang running next to it. Okay. And that... I was like, oh, word. Yeah, great. Cool. I got Sounds saved good. for that one because I didn't see that trailer. So yeah. it popped up. And I was like, it just made me so grumpy. I was like, I would have been so happy if I hadn't seen this whole damn movie in trailers. <laughs> oh, that's. I had a friend. It was... He was my roommate in, um... <laughs> in, in college who just decided. I'm not going to watch any trailers for Age of Ultron. I'm going to go into this completely blind. And getting to sit next to him while he was watching the movie was like one of the joys of my life because everything was so new to him. And he's just like saying like, what? Every like five seconds. And that was incredible. We should all try doing that more, I think. Because not agree. every trailer can be as vague as the Endgame trailers were. And I, I think... I've already seen too much from the Spider-Man movie. I'm like, I'm going to, whatever surprises they have left, I'm going to wait until the movie theater. Right, right. I don't think I'm going to watch a single other Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I don't mm-hmm. want it. I don't want whatever I'm going to one-up you all, and I'm just not even going to go watch the movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, you're not going to go watch 
Tom Holland Spider-Man movie? No, I'm over it. I think they should kill off Spider-Man. Yeah. Hot take. You're a, you're I'm a over criminal. it. You're a criminal. Lexi heard there's going to be three there are 12 in this movie. Spider-Man movies. Pardon? There are literally 12. Let him die. Get rid of him. <laughs> we don't need a hot Aunt May. Trash. I mean, I agree. We should have stopped after the Raimi movies, but... Yeah, that is true. Aunt May has always been hot. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> very rude but. of you. Did you not see when she whacked Dr. Octopus with that umbrella? Oh, I did. Hot. <laughs> Trash. Wow. Trash. Trash. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Yes. If we must. All right. From Arjun Singh. They say, hello, Dallas, Carol Ann, and Alexis. I have two questions, if that's okay. It's not. No, I'm going to pick one. Allowed. I'm just kidding, Arjun. If you could choose any creative team for a Spider-Woman ongoing series, which writers, artists, and colorists would you choose? <sighs> Pulling out the Ooh. colorist How credentials. <laughs> Thank oh, goodness God. I know what colorist always works with the artist that i'm gonna pick i'm gonna go with drumroll please i want vita ayala to write okay vita rules and i want them to write everything and then i want chris somni and matt hollingsworth to draw i think it would be beautiful wait yeah no i can I can actually picture that. Computer, shut up. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you can hear that beep on your end. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. I'm I, mm, <laughs> I'm trying not to Kelly Thompsonify. Oh, yo. I, that was my first answer. And then I was like, she can't write everything. And then so I didn't say Kelly yes, Thompson. I think, I think Leah Williams could be good at it. I have such mixed feelings about Leah Williams. Really? Yeah. I think Trial of Magneto rules super hard. Oh, my God. But I could never get into the tone of X-Factor very much. It felt very fanficy to me. See, and that's, that's actually... That's kind of vibing with me. And just yeah, that's not a right negative. Now. Just for Dallas, personally, mm-hmm. it didn't speak to me. But I was okay. like, I get why other people like it. I think it's good. Just I can hear it. Didn't vibe for me. Tell you who I don't want on it. I don't think Donny Cates could do a good job. Oh my hell! I don't want Donny Cates <laughs> to work on. Oh, never mind. I won't go down that rabbit hole. I seem to have hit a nerve. I. We should keep poking that nerve. <laughs> Very fun. Ooh, I think that should be my pick. So... We should be Venom. <laughs> I think he is so well suited for Spawn, and I'm so happy that he's getting to write some Spawn for Todd McFarland. Oh, is he? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, he's part of the whole Spawn universe thing. Philip Kennedy Johnson's going over there, too. All, the whole crowd of white dudes that really liked the Image Comics are going back over to be paid bonko bucks by Todd McFarlane to write Image Comics. The world is healing. (laughs) I think... I'm in a sassy mood today. You Whatever. are. Yeah, You're very spicy today. This um, is what happens when you read too much Jessica Drew. <laughs> True, she's queen of angst. She is spicy. I think if Donny Cates ever got a hold of Spider-Man, that would be the run that I took a break from. I'm too invested in the Spencer run garbage at this point to give up. <laughs> it's like a, a plane crash. Not even a car crash. It's a plane crash. And I'm like, I might as well see what they're going to do to 
sins past. Why not? This is insane. <laughs> Fully crazy that we've had a Scooby-Doo villain for 75 issues. You know what would be what? <laughs> like, I keep thinking, I'm trying to imagine all the Spider-Man fans pains right now like pain right now and i'm like imagine a carol danvers run where they just keep bringing up avengers 200 over and over again for 75 issues for 75 issues i'm like no i'm okay i don't need to see marcus ever again but it's pitched as like the grand like mary jane and peter getting back together even though there have been like three issues this whole run where they've been in the same issue together (laughs) i'm gonna become the joker but if Donny Cates ever wrote Spider-Man, because every time he writes Spider-Man, it's that, like, late 90s, like, very sullen, like, I'm going to go fight Lizard in the sewer and cry Spider-Man. I hate that Spider-Man. I hate it. Oh, what? What was that? I don't want it. Can I have that as my ringtone? I hate Spider-Man from Dallas <laughs> I hate- Taylor. <laughs> I hate Spider-Man. Um... <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I'm so excited for Kelly Thompson to that. come and write a very fun Spider-Man run. Very exciting. Very exciting. Gosh, we sure like Kelly Thompson on this show. Just a little bit. All right, second question from Arjun. Alexis, do you have a creative team? Or the is that three of us. The three of us. Word. Who draws? You. I don't know, but I can color. Alexis, <laughs> no, Alexis will draw, and I'll color. <laughs> And oh. gets to write, and me and Dallas will draw and color pictures. Beautiful. You won't know what they are, but we'll draw and color them. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Dallas, I expect inks on my desk by Tuesday. Perfect. Sounds good to you. It's just going to be a giant middle you. finger I'm ink. Gonna, I am going to color the suit black. Uh, no. Um, if you could make a fun crossover story with Jessica Drew, what characters would you like to see Jess crossover with and what villains would you like to see this team go up against thanks with all due respect archit um who do we want to see jessica drew team up with Lara kinney oh <gasps> wait yes tiny black hair women <laughs> <laughs> emphasis on tiny. did you know that laura is shorter than logan yeah, isn't she like five flat? Yeah, what is that nonsense? <laughs> That's Come on, let her be six foot. You can't make anyone shorter than Logan. That's ridiculous. Okay, the only one... Puck man. can be shorter than Logan, and Mole Man can be shorter than Logan. And that's it. That, that's where I draw the hard line. If Danny DeVito doesn't play Mole Man in... <laughs> hey, that's a good movie. If Danny DeVito doesn't play Mole Man in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie... I don't want it. Is there an upcoming Fantastic Four movie? Yeah, it's the end I of Phase Four. I'm ever going to get sick of answering questions about her not being in it. <laughs> she just wants to be on a boat with The Rock down in the Amazon. I've heard that movie slaps. So Dude, it does. Slap. I told you. I told you it slapped. It was me. Oh, wait. Nuh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, because you were the one that said the one movie. You got them confused. I got them confused. And so then I repented and went and saw The Jungle Cruise. It was very good. I was wrong, everyone. I still haven't watched it. I don't get out much. If you like Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, you should watch Jungle Cruise. Okay, that's a really good endorsement. That is that is a very mm, consider my interest peaked. That's that's how I will pitch it. Um, I I like Laura Kinney and Jess. Who? What villain would they fight? Villain, villain, villain. Hmm, that's a good question. 
I don't know if there's any specific villains right now that I like. Do you like what any you superheroes? <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah! You know, it's hard to find a villain that's like a mutant and like just a regular hero are going to be going after at the same time. Yeah. That that takes a little bit of a little bit of thought process. You got to make it make sense. I mean, I like I'd like to see them both beat up. I'd like to see them both beat up the Red Skull, but I need to I need to figure out Yo. how to make it work in the story. Yo, that was my pitch was Spider-Woman, have... Captain America versus the Red Skull. Because they both have so much tied up in Hydra. Hydra heat. Ooh. That was my That'd pitch. Interesting. pitch. Wait, what do you think of Jessica's red costume that doesn't show her hair that they showed in this run a couple times? Oh, the, the like, Hydra color. costume? I think it's kind of dope. Yeah, it's very Hydra-y. Oh, no. <laughs> I just praised something that Nazis made. <laughs> yeah, you should go back and read her origin story. You actually see more of the costume there, and you understand why she's using it. She actually, it's it has the whole headgear because the Hydra soldiers have that same headgear. Mm. So, the same I should cow. read more Jessica Drew. I like that yeah. character a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Definitely go back and read the hopeless stuff because it's it's great. Internet trolls be damned. The the issue where she actually where she's pregnant, she's giving birth, is fantastic. It's so much fun. And it's, hot take, it's stressful, but so much fun. Hmm? Hot take, Javier Rodriguez is, if not the best, certainly in the top five best comic book artists alive. Oh, yeah. Did you check out the first issue of The Defenders? Oh, yes. Oh, it my God. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Every... Did you read History of the Marvel Universe that he did with Mark Wade? A little bit, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> it was beautiful. I got the That's big so collection. Nice. They printed like a way oversized version of it. And it's the one gigantic oversized version of it I own. I need to check that out. I got through like, I got to like the end of the BC era. And then I kind of like trailed off for a second. I'm like, I got all of Marvel prehistory down. I'm good. The fact that the Avengers BC made it into that. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about end it. it. End that topic right there before it even gets started. Okay, my crossover though, because I just thought about this. I was thinking about the rumors that the High Evolutionary is going to be in the third Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, let's see Jessica Drew with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just because. Just oh. like Captain Marvel was a yeah. substantial member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. A substan- excuse A substantial? She was basically she- the main character of that run. She was on more covers than she actually was issues, and I'm still not over it. <laughs> Love that. Oh, but yeah, let let her hang out the space gaze, taking on the high evolutionary. So let's do it. I dig. I would love to see Jessica Drew in Al Ewing's hands. So I I sign off on that. That sounded weird. It was a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's like just hand her off like a baby. Here you go. Here you go. Here's a little okay. Jessica for you. All right. Next question from Gary F. From Retro underscore 1999 from Twitter. Nice person. My question, is there a significant change you'd like to make to the character and why? Whether it be romantically, location, etc. Hmm. I can't think of anything. Ah, Yeah, she's just in such a great place. She's got her (laughs) best friend. Um, mm -hmm. Her best friend, Roger, right? Yep. Yeah, her husband is her best friend, and she doesn't long 
yearn. The right the the right word is yearn for anyone else. All right, so let's talk about location changes we want to see. Um, Ace. She would be a great Kansas City superhero. Kansas <laughs> City. They need some heroes. Honestly. They need a lot more than just heroes. That place is whack. <laughs> Who wants to be I, one to see it? Who wants to I, say the actual change? Um, I think she should ask out Carol Danvers on a date. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. Okay, said it. Ooh, that was easy. What if that's Kelly's last issue of Captain Marvel? If it is, I you will never hear from me again because I will be dead. <laughs> I will I will be deceased. Just oh. my my heart would just be like, this is it. This is the peak of the human experience. It's time to go. Just gay gay joy. No more. <laughs> I will not stick around for them to retcon this, so I'm gone. <laughs> Boom bada bing. They're gonna do like no, they're gonna just um Legend of Korra it where it ends with them holding hands and just staring at each other. <laughs> that's oh, that's how Shelly Thompson's run ends. Like, come on. Word. Word. I dig it. Do you have any other changes that aren't that Lex that you wanna see? Um I don't know. I'd kinda like to see a little bit more of her relationship with Jerry, which I feel like we are going to see anyway, because I mean he is her child. But Yeah. You know, know what you know what I would like? I like back reading her origin, I liked her like spy adventures. I would like to see Spider Woman traveling the world again. James I think Bond, Spider Woman. Exactly that, that, that. Because New York has <laughs> en- enough heroes. Let it her does. do something else. I uh, yeah, I think she brings a fun devil may care attitude to a lot of the stories that Black Widow gets. And Black <laughs> Widow's like, I was tortured in the Russian gulag. I can never love. <laughs> like Hey, my name is Natalia, and I can never be happy. Like, I'm sorry. I want a spy that is happy and that just plows through Bond women like crazy. Can you imagine if they let Jessica Drew be gay and do crime? Um, Sold. Done. Can you imagine her just, like, plowing her way through Europe and Bond girls just doing spy adventures? That would be the coolest book ever. She needs a trench coat. No, she needs her red costume. Spider coat. (gasps) What if they put her in a tuxedo with her mask on, like James Bond, for like for one like gala issue? Like she has to sneak into a big ball. Oh, it writes itself. Marvel, this is a free idea. (laughs) We won't sue. We won't sue. Maybe we should. Then I wouldn't have money problems anymore. We won't sue much. Much. Just let us write it. A hundred grand is not that much to them. Come on. They work for Disney. Word. Um, I love that idea. Spy globetrotting Jessica Drew <laughs> that is also a lesbian. I love Carol it. shows up almost every time. Almost every exactly. issue. Carol is do, her money penny. <laughs> do we want her and Carol to immediately go into like happy into each other land? Or do we want it to not really work for a second? And so Jessica can actually date a bunch of people and then end up with Carol? Mm, no. <laughs> Just straight to Carol. <laughs> Just, yep. It's and like, if it's going to happen... And raise Jerry. Exactly. If it's going to happen, we're going full steam. Full steam into this. 
Do you know what change I really want, actually? What? Here's my hot take. I do not think babies add much to comic books very often. Uh-huh. So, like, Jubilee's baby. I'm sorry. Way more interesting when it's a dragon. Um, Jessica <laughs> Drew's baby. Age that MFR up. Send him into some sort of cable. Have cable kidnap him. <laughs> Bring him to the future and bring back that cool version from volume five of Captain Marvel. I'm sorry. The baby sucks. The baby is so interesting for one volume and then it's never again. And it stalls out the character. It, uh, nope. Nope. Cause you can't age up the baby because then people are like, well, then how old is Jessica Drew now? Because her baby aged up 10 years. Does that make her 40? And I'm like, shut up. It doesn't matter. I. <laughs> Forget about it. Zap I just thought of the best the idea. Realm. Cable's daycare service. Tired of your <laughs> stinky, snotty baby. Give it to me. I'll bring it back as a teenager. Honestly, I'll bring it back whenever you want it. Do you want honestly, it to be five years I old? That. I got you. I love that. I think that's perfect. That's a great use of cable. Big old daddy cable. And running a daycare, daycare service. We know he's good with kids from the X-Force. Mm-hmm. He certainly won't help those babies do crime <laughs> there are no downsides yeah it's much better than um bendis's earth 3 ultraman day daycare service so yeah oh. also strife could be their gay strife could be their gay uncle i mean perfect cable's also their gay uncle but that's beyond beside the point everyone needs at least two gay uncles when are we gonna do the strife episode of this podcast can't do we have to when are we doing executioner song just to talk about the camp of it all i guess whenever you make us oof Mm, (laughs) yep dear listener do you hear how my picks are lambasted your pick was executioners (laughs) dallas is like hey we should read all of rob liefeld's stuff and then we're like no and you're like you're like, do you see how they how they hate me? How they hurt me. <laughs> do you see how they hate me? How they far how they harm me physically. Yep. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that meme where it's you shooting the guy. And why it's, would you make me do why, this? Why would they do this? My why gosh. would they make fun of me for picking a Rob Liefeld comic? I'm pretty sure it's Fabian Nicieza, and he's cool. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right, here comes the first of many. This is for Anne, but the other ones can participate if they want to questions. All right, I saw this. This is from Rick Cook. Uh, I saw this from Anne's Twitter feed. So my questions are mostly directed at her, but you other losers can feel free to chime in. (laughs) They said, but anyone. But I'm going to say you losers. Anytime someone refers to Alexis and I as chopped liver, I will say you losers. (laughs) All right, question one for Anne. Alexis, we're not allowed to answer. Uh, Carol Jess, yay or nay? Uh, pretty solidly yay. Oh, you said nay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marvel's like, did someone say nay? I heard nay. Nay. We're going nay. with nay. Nay. Deal. Okay. Deal. Carol actually, Carol Ann, Carol Ann actually <laughs> believes in the sanctity of heterosexual marriage for... <laughs> true i'm a good christian child this is a good christian podcast (laughs) (laughs) all 
All right. Has the current Pacheco Perez de Armada run been fun, or do you like the more action focus of for Jess? I feel like I this run has been actiony. Yeah, I think it's been fun because it's been actiony. Like I went over that first issue again, and just I was looking at everything that's happening on panel. I didn't notice the first time through through that she like flipped the table and fondued a guy in his face. That I didn't notice the first time through. She threw an internet incel at a dude as a weapon um she used a boat's anchor to pull a helicopter into the water this this series is so action-packed and you it's nice because i feel like sometimes female-led titles don't get to have those really big moments where the heroes just doing all these really cool badass things over and over again like the moment where she punches through a literal dragon and beats iron fist that's there's so many cool action beats in this series, and I think that's one of the strong suits of it. That's one of my favorite things about it. So, yeah, definitely action-packed. I would agree. I think any book that I compare to Invincible in action is pretty clearly yeah. an action book. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This last question. Alexis, I give us permission to talk about this one because it's a good <gasps> hey, question. Good, good, good. Good, I like Is... That. Is there a non-squicky, which is a funny way of saying this, non-squicky way Jess's pheromones can be used? In the same sense that mind control powers feel really unethical, her pheromones are stripping away some level of free will, and that rarely feels okay to me. Um, and it's to men. I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to disagree with that one that hard. It's never felt as squicky as, like, the purple man. Because, yeah. like, Jess isn't as squicky as the purple man. You know what I mean? And she only uses it, like, once in the run that I know, at least that I noticed. And she's like, hmm, might as well, you know? She uses it to, like, harmlessly get a guard. I actually think it's more morally ethical than a lot of other yeah, things she like, does. Yeah, she's like, go home, squiggly, squiggly. She's like, goodbye, adios. She's like, okay. Yeah, it's against their will, but it's like, if she didn't, then she'd have to beat him into unconsciousness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I see you or getting flirted with by pretty right. lady. Right. Yeah, I would rather be <laughs> I'd rather be flirted with by pretty lady. So, yeah, I think I think if you look at it that way, pheromones are actually more ethical. It's just the I don't want to hurt you. Please leave option. So. As long as she's I not, like, like making it... people personal slaves, then yeah. Yeah. I've personally never seen her do. No. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't bug me a ton, but, like, obviously to each their own, you know? Like, if right. it bugs you, Rick Cook, I'm sorry. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't bug me a ton. I think, frankly, I think it would bug me more if it was, like, a dude that was doing it to a bunch of ladies, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yep. like, the fact that it's Jessica Drew doing it to, like rando bad dudes like mm-hmm. I, whatever yep and i think it's better than other ways of distraction that writers have used in the past having <laughs> vietnam flashbacks to emma just flashing people bow now bow now bow now bow now, bow now. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry cool. thank you for that i like that grant morrison decided to make Emma like a drag character basically that was and it was great. like they will do Emma will do gender as performance and yes. then every man since then has been like Emma got big titties 
it be yeah. her main superpower. I that was one of the things talking about Emma for just a second because I've come to adore Emma over the last couple of years. She's in like my top five mutants of all time now. She my fave. You know she just, my fave. Hearing like that perspective from the Morrison run and just like if anyone here isn't listening to the Cerebrocast, you need to be listening to Cerebrocast because they changed my entire outlook on so many characters. It's just the way that Emma takes ownership of her sexuality if it's done right it's so so fantastic and so welcome but then there are moments when it's not done particularly well and i'm like emma is 100 percent that bitch but i don't know if she's that bitch you know what's insane is that like you can feel the male gaze in the story you know what yeah. i mean because mm-hmm. like i i honestly would argue like that character beat is something i could see emma doing yeah. But it would it wouldn't be played that way. You know what I mean? It's how the story sets up a beat that doesn't feel foreign to who Emma is as a person. Emma is someone that like you said owns her sexuality, but like that issue comes across as Jerry Dugan owning Emma's mm-hmm. sexuality a little bit. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Lexi that face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. What? There's you can feel a difference when you read Captain Marvel Volume Five. This has been the Captain Marvel Volume Fine Five podcast, by the way. <laughs> Maybe we should just have its own episode for that. It's so good. But like the whole bit about why Emma won't undiamond herself, mm-hmm. like it's vapid, but it's a solid character moment because Kelly Thompson loves that character and is a woman that doesn't want to objectify and make that character seem silly and dumb and gross. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Man. Whatever. Oh. I I love Emma Frost. Love I that did, character. I love how I can take you sound down so many different tangents in just this one episode. It's my favorite superpower. I'm sorry, everyone. This has True. been a Dallas a Dallas heavy episode. My apologies, everyone. No, I mean you you told us on Twitter it would be. <laughs> <laughs> True. At least he's honest. All right. This is from jessica drew herself that's this person's name they say jessica a bunch of exclamation points hi my question for you cough carol ann word shout out to the rest of us is what is the best best friend to lovers to enemies to lovers ship in comics and why why is it carol jess discuss for seven hours (laughs) see this is this is 100% because I put out, does anyone have any questions for me, particularly like romantic questions for this episode? And people definitely saw that and they're like, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> yes. I have all the questions. <laughs> um, What is, I honestly, there's, because you know, there's a good amount of friends to, <laughs> friends to lovers, ships and comics. And yeah, I honestly, Carol just, <laughs> I think it's so popular because it's so good. It's just, they're, chemistry is so organic it never feels forced it never feels artificial in any way it's just and it's one that just about any writer can get like even bendis does a good job at making these two interact together (laughs) which isn't something i I don't ever give like bendis a compliment for writing carol but i'm like even he knows that these two when they're together it's like everything clicks the angels sing wind blows all that fun stuff it's not often that you get that between like just people that people the fanship and it's i think it goes back to like what i said before where claremont 
put in in that first Avengers annual, they're just like Loki holding hands and Jessica's like, do you want me to be here while you talk to them? And they're just like, it's so innately queer, just the way that I read it, the way that I saw it. I know a lot of other people saw it too. It's just, I think that's why out of like all the ships, it's the one that I've clung to the most because I don't cling to ships a lot. I think they're ridiculous most of the time, to be honest. But this one is one where I'm like, I actually would like to see this happen. And I think it's because it just feels like it should be. It, it's not a situation of like, this should happen. It's a situation of why hasn't this happened yet? So, I think the secret ingredient there is mm-hmm. that Chris Claremont has never written a straight woman in his life. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> because like, I'm totally with you in the most ships seem silly to me camp. Mm-hmm. But like Kate Bishop and Ileana need to already be happening, frankly. Carol Kitty Pride. I mean, Kate Bishop too, but yes, Kate Pride. <laughs> I've definitely met Kate Pride, but honestly, my third eye just opened. <laughs> so, your third eye opened and a rainbow came out. <laughs> True. Let's not pull on that thread. Uh, <laughs> I talk about this in here. Uh, yeah, I definitely met Kate Bishop. I Here's my hot take about Kate Bishop, because we're talking about ships. Carol and Jess rule. I don't I don't have anything else to add to mm-hmm. that. They rule. They should right. be dating. They are salt and pepper. They are ice cream and french fries. They are everything. Love them. Um, I think the end all be all answer to who what women does Kitty Pride love <laughs> is the ideal answer is thruple with Ileana and Rachel, right? But I don't think Marvel's going to give us that. And so I want there to be an acknowledgement that Kitty and Rachel were dating during, like, the Excalibur stuff. Yep. Because, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, those girls were gay. That was, <laughs> that whole book was, like, I was flipping through Excalibur the other day, and I literally just flipped to a page where Kitty was sucking icing off of a Saturnine's finger. And I was like, this book gay. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Your that's... honor. Colossus found in critical condition. <laughs> Weeping to himself on his Soviet compound. Oh Sir, gosh. just date Domino and let Kitty like women. Oh my gosh. That's so I want incredible. there to be an acknowledgement that Rachel and Kitty dated for a while and then it didn't really end up working out. And I want her to start dating Ileana now. And I want that to be the status quo. There it is. I'll say I'm it. I'm glad you brought that up. And also hit me up with that Excalibur issue number for research purposes when you're, <laughs> you're out of here. Just I will. I'll send you the panels. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just need to see it for myself for reasons. So. Straight, straight to horny jail. <laughs> All right. Alexis, do you have any feelings? that you haven't already expressed about Carol, Jess, or possibly even the sexuality of Kitty Pride, since we opened that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I feel like you guys really got that one. <laughs> you guys did good on that one, so. Lexus is good. like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Me and my good Christian podcast. No, you're fine. All right. Jess questions. Do you think it was a good idea to make her a mother, or... Brian Michael Bendis once said that she has the best hair in the Marvel Universe. Discuss. From Russell Hillman at Freaktown Comics. 
I mean, I want to go to Freaktown Comics first and foremost. <laughs> that sounds like where you can go buy that Excalibur issue. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> what a name. Um, I kind of already said my thoughts about the baby. I, I don't like babies in comics. Oh I my think, gosh! Unless it's Mary Jane and Peter's baby. Oh, Give me that baby. You weirdo. You weirdo. I'd want that baby aged up after a while too. Mm. Your baby can be a baby. It can be a toddler. But if it ever reaches childhood, I'm sorry. I'm kicking it to the future with cable. That's what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna set it up like the Charlie Brown football, but I'm gonna connect right into the 30th century. Oh, oh my gosh. So it's like you can have a baby, it's just not allowed to be Maggie Simpson. It has to grow up. Oh word. Word. Um it's like thoughts about the baby. What do you think about Jessica having the baby? Do you think that adds to her character at all? Do you think that makes her more interesting? I think right now it has made her interesting and it's been fun. Mm-hmm. But I you think it want... has it has a shelf life. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I vibe with do you, it. Do you two disagree with me? No, no, I mean, like, personally, I've given, like, Andy Curry, like, you get one year to be a baby, and then I expect Justice League-sized Andy Curry <laughs> immediately in everything. Yeah. So, you get a bite-sized for a year, but then Justice League-sized after that. <laughs> Wait, and that would require there being an Aquaman ongoing. Yeah, it would. Daggers. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up, like, yeah, I know, that's not up to me. <laughs> I've done my best. You have. You've been doing the Lord's work. What do you think about the baby, Miss Lexi? I think it's fun, but I feel the same. It just, there's a time and place for it, and the time is in the year 3000, so get, get I big. I mean, Jessica, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. Um, that, was a, that, was a, that was a dark joke. <gasps> okay. Better left unsaid, then. <laughs> That'll be the Patreon-exclusive episode. <laughs> I guess. All right, Brian Michael Bendis said that Jessica has the best hair in the Marvel Universe. Do we agree? Have you seen Carol's mohawk? I disagree. Yeah. I agree with Brian Michael Bendis. I think I have a crush on, crush on Jessica Drew that I, I have been analyzing for a while. <laughs> I think it's because she looks so. like my wife. <laughs> yes, she does look like your wife. She does. Alexis can speak oh. to this. My wife looks like Jessica Drew, and... Ha ha, neener neener to all you listeners. Make her be Spider-Woman for Halloween. A man can dream. <laughs> I'll text her. She can get on. Oh the my gosh. Oh my I'm gosh. just I'm just picturing her like looking at a Spider-Woman costume and seeing the, the requisite boob socks <laughs> on the front that have to exist for that costume to work and just being like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, they, he says that because, of course, that would be what Bendis is thinking about and talking about. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I think he's wrong because Medusa's out there and oh, her word. hair can perform tasks. So <laughs> can how can you tasks. tell me? And you, how can you look at any of the X-Men from the 80s and still tell me that Jessica Drew has the best hair? No. Go home. Or Starfire. Her hair is very big. She's in the DC universe. I don't care. <laughs> it's so nice. It crosses boundaries. Yes. <laughs> She's like, all these, all these capes is the same to me. 
<laughs> I'm thinking about Storm and Rogue, and I think both of them have had better hair than Jessica Drew at parts in their career. So Okay, yes. I also, I second that notion. It's like Mohawk, how... Mohawk Storm rules. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Next question from Aaron Gamer YT12. Daisy Ridley Spider Woman. Will Daisy Ridley <laughs> play Spider Woman in MCU? No. Well, uh, turning over to our correspondent Alexis, the casting director for the. <laughs> <laughs> I am in charge. No. <laughs> and the and there it is. That is there the end is. of the story. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Also oh from Aaron Gamer YT12. Two separate emails. This is bold, Aaron Gamer, YT12. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman MCU team-up. I heard that Mikey Sutton is directing Spider-Gwen movie in the MCU. And will there be Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman team-up? This is all news to me. Say, so wait. Okay. <laughs> My Hollywood is... Sutton? I'm looking it up. How do you spell it? <laughs> S-U-T-T-O-N. This is all news to me. This is riveting radio. Me typing into Google. Mikey Sutton. All I'm getting is a Mikey Sutton from Twitter. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um. Do not know. He, what the heck? Michael <laughs> Sutton is an American author, American actor. I literally have nothing for you. I'm I, got sorry, nothing. I, got, I got nothing. I don't, if it's a joke, I don't get it either. And I'm sorry if it's a joke, I'm it. sorry. If you are Mikey Sutton, hi. Hello, Mikey Sutton. <laughs> um, I hope you get that movie. Yeah. Uh, I honestly am not super plugged into the MCU. When stuff comes out, I go, very oh. neat. And I watch it once, and I don't ever think about it again. Mm-hmm. I am plugged into the MCU, and I can guarantee you they are not doing any other Spider-related things unless Sony approves. So I have no idea why they would be doing a Spider-Woman or Spider-Gwen movie in the MCU. Uh, maybe they're thinking about, isn't Jessica Drew supposed to be in Into the Spider-Verse 2? Spider-Verse? Possibly. I've definitely heard they're thinking about a Spider-Women project, maybe like a TV show or something. And they're definitely thinking about a Spider-Gwen project. But the rumors of that have been going around since... Spider-Verse came out in 2018. So other than that, I can't say. Yeah, to be who fair, knows? It has been a panoramic for almost two years. So we will see. Exactly. There's, we've been tra- trapped in this panoramic for two years. In a panini. In the panini, if you will. We're in the crusty bread part of the panini. There isn't any <laughs> filling anymore. <laughs> All right. That's it. I'm calling the episode. That's the end of the episode. There you go. There oh, it is. is that- just no no outro this time. This nope. end no. right there. the end. No. We'll do the we'll do the outro. <sighs> if you insist. <sighs> Just kidding. To all you sweet Jessica Drew fans. Thanks for coming to this Kitty Pride and Captain Marvel episode. <laughs> oh my god. So true. The fan. The fan club. Also, if you'd like more thoughts about Emma Frost, convince Alexis to read E is for Extinction so we can talk about Emma Frost. Okay, I've never heard of that before, so you just gotta mention things, and if they have pretty covers, I'll read them. The I'll end. Send, I'll send you the most famous E is for okay. Extinction cover, okay. and you'll is let me know. Is it the Emma Frost one? Oh, of course it's the Emma Frost one. I found that. Well, then the I already want to read it. I almost bought it. I you didn't buy it for it. me? You didn't buy I, it and send it to my house? No, I would have bought it from me. Are you kidding? You fool. Anyways. 
Absolute buffoon. <laughs> oh, what a ramshack. Did you know in Grant Morrison's... Because Grant was first a an artist that became a writer. Really? Because they couldn't hack it as an artist, basically. And they realized that about themselves. Mm-hmm. But in... So they always had, like, a lot of notes for character designs. And Emma's costume is on backwards, is the whole shtick of that X. That X is supposed to be a backless number. And Emma went, oh, it'll look way better on my front. And that's <gasps> why that costume looks that way. I love that. So it's like a character moment for Emma that she was like, you want to see like my this. back? Please. And so she moved the X to the front. You know what? Man is having an awakening. <laughs> I, yeah, I... People keep talking about like how Emma is like a perfect like a char- one of the characters like most like representative of, like the trans experience. I'm like I get it because I want to be Emma. I want to be where Emma is. Mm-hmm. Well, Grant certainly wrote Emma as a trans character as exactly because like it it was immediately written after Grant themselves got really into drag and doing all of that, and so they were writing from their experience of gender as a performance, and like so I think it's. If you deny that the roots of the modern take on Emma Frost is in like trans women's experience and in drag culture, like you're just not reading the book. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm She's sorry. too flamboyant to be normal. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Open your eyes. She's too much She's too to much. just be what everybody wants her to be. Be real, everyone. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> There's you another 10-minute right? tangent. <laughs> All right. Okay, everyone. If you like the show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter accounts at the Comic Collective for the podcast or everyone at our own personals, which will be at Dallas Comics at and comics and at Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And we'll read it off on the show. We do not have any new reviews. Mm. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at the comics collective at gmail.com. And before we go balls, and do you want to give the top 10, books they should read next week oh wait yeah we should probably we <laughs> forgot oh Lexi, my God. if you want to dip you're allowed to you don't <laughs> have to listen to us do this i know this oh. isn't your bit okay we love well. you you can stay and hang out with us but if you got something going on my puppy's crying at me so she might need to go potty it's been about two hours since the last time she went potty so she might have an emergency <laughs> go take care all right puppy. love you all goodbye everyone love you bye <laughs> All right, Anne, do you want to start us off with the first book that these weenies need to read? Absolutely, and I'm going straight to Daredevil number 34. Oh! Yeah, did I take yours? How does it feel? Ah, feels good. Tell us why we should read Daredevil. Because everyone should be reading Daredevil, and if you haven't gotten up on the last 33 issues, oh my god. Daredevil is known for some great freaking runs, but this is something else. This is one of the best books I pick up every month. This is remarkable. I can't, I could spend another two hours talking just about all the things I love in this book. 
I love everything they're doing with Matt. I love everything they're doing with Elektra, who has gotten such an unforeseen... Like, when I started this, I had no idea Elektra would be playing as big a role as she is. And I'm so happy she is. It's the biggest, it's the best twist I've seen in a comic in a long time. And I've been so happy with it. And getting to see them fight, I don't want to spoil who they're fighting because it's a classic Daredevil villain with a twist. And mm-hmm. you just got to pick it up to believe it. And certainly a classic Elektra villain as that well. That too. There's a lot tied up. This is a Daredevil run for the ages. Exactly. Um, all right. I am going to do the Me You Love in the Dark number two. Ooh. If you did not pick up the Me You Love in the Dark number one, it's okay. You just don't have the same hipster cred as me. This is the new <laughs> Scotty Young project about a talented artist that seeking inspiration chooses to go and spend the summer in a haunted house. And at the end of issue one, you find out that there might just be something to these haunted stories. So I'm very excited to see where we go in issue two. It's a beautiful, very fun book. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the cover for this, and it's just, it's chilling me. I love that. It's stunning. You would love it, Anne. You would love it. Yeah. Okay. Where do I go after that? Because I did not check out that first issue. I need to. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say you need to check out Defenders number two. Because there's still time. You can hop on this train right at the beginning. Check it out. This is a beautiful book. This you got to get this book in print just to look at the pretty pictures. Because, oh, my freaking God. We talked about it earlier. Javier Rodriguez. Beautiful. Every page is like a tarot card. It's perfect. <laughs> it is stunning. Mm-hmm. And Al Ewing does not mess around. Exactly. I dig, I dig. All right, coming off the hype of the movie, everybody got to check out Shang-Chi number four. Shang-Chi number four. There you go. Yeah, Gene Luen <laughs> Yang is getting to write a book that doesn't get canceled. My crops are watered. My skin is clear. It's <laughs> wonderful. And Shang-Chi gets to beat up everybody in the Marvel Universe, but with a fun twist. It's been so good so far. It has been so good. Very, very, very fun. My next pick, just to make sure everyone doesn't think I only pick from the big two, you have got to check out Eve from Boom. It is absolutely fantastic. It's Eve number five, so there's still a chance for you to pick this up before the first trade comes out. It's about this girl who has to save the world from this deadly virus, and she's being hunted down by an evil teddy bear, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's bonkers, lovely, it's, it's so threatening at the right times. It's it's so much fun. It's very unique. You got to check it out. All right. The Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, number four. Ooh. Ooh. Kyle Starks and Chris Schweitzer are a dream team in comics. And so let me pitch this book to you, dear listener. Imagine if Chuck Norris was a gigantic asshole and somebody murdered him at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And it's up to his six kung fu fluent sidekicks to solve the murder mystery. It's awesome. This book wow. is so this book is so fun. That what what oh my gosh. <laughs> you this, keep I'm glad you have a better ear for the indie market than I do, because oh my god. It is my favorite part of you've you are way more tapped into what's going on and good in the big two. I can be your indie friend that's like, read this little book. It's so good. We balance each other out. That's perfect. Exactly. 
I wouldn't have read Captain Marvel without you, and I love that book. So <laughs> there you go. Success. Well, what I'm going to say, I'm going to tap back into the big two for a second. If you're not reading Crush and Lobo, you need to get on that. It is one of the best minis that DC is putting out right now. And for anyone who knows, I've been struggling with my relationship with DC this year. And Crush <laughs> and Lobo generally puts a smile on my face every week it's out. It's so much fun. I dig it. All right. This book, I Am Buying Blind, just because of the creative team. Mm-hmm. May's book, number one, Jeff Lemire is writing a comic book about mazes. And I'm pretty sure the panel layouts are actually mazes. And I am very excited about all of that. I just reread, I just, not reread, I read for the first time all of Sweet Tooth a couple weeks ago. I binged it in one day. That's how good that series is. And so I'm on a little bit of a Jeff Lemire high and I'm looking forward to this book. That actually sounds really cool. Okay, for my this is my last pick, correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm gonna shout out Excellence. If you haven't been following Excellence, it's this fantastic series by Brandon Thomas. It's like, <laughs> how do I describe it? It's like a modern day American Hogwarts type thing. It's magical agents. It's really cool. If you like magic, if you like sorcery, but in like a more modern contemporary setting, you gotta check this out. It's doing some crazy things. Um, Carrie Randall. I mean. I'm, the artists are killing it. Carrie Randolph, Emilio Lopez, it's fantastic. And if you liked Future State Aquaman, this is from the same writer, so you got to support him. you got to check him out some more. I dig, I dig. All right, and my last pick comes from DC's Bat Label. I mean Black Label. Um, this should be a Vertigo comic, but The Nice House on the Lake, number four, by James Tynan. I... I'm a huge mark for a James Tynan horror book. Mm. I'm reading them all at the moment, and this one is incredibly fun. It's for anyone that doesn't know, this book is about a group of people that all get brought to a lake house so that they can survive the apocalypse. But there is a dark twist. This series has been incredibly fun, and I think you should check it out. That is a very good point. This is one of those books that's like, the execution of it's been a little off for me, but the idea of it, just the plot, is like one of those things where it's like, oh my god, that's the most fantastic idea I've heard in forever. Why didn't I think of this first? I <laughs> it's one of those books for me. I definitely think the strongest book that Tynan is putting out right now is Something is Killing the Children. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quality is there with this book. Right. It's just sometimes it's hard when you compare someone's work against itself. Because you're like, this is better than a lot of the books coming out. It's not as good as your own stuff. <laughs> it's just you're on a different level. And then you take your talents and you leave the substack. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. We won't go oh, down that God. rabbit hole. <laughs> There's too much. But those have been our 10 books that we are picking for you to pick up this new comic book day. Yeah. So let us know if you end up picking up any of them off our recommendation. That would be so fun. And so we will see you, lovely listeners, on our next episode next Wednesday, where we will be talking about the crowd-pleasing favorite, the one that you, the users of Twitter, chose, (laughs) Midnighter by Steve Orlando. (sighs) After a week of listening to us talk about how badly Jessica Drew and Carol Danvers need to get together. 
you want us to write Here we go. have a whole thing about gay Batman and that's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally. This is gonna be oh, have you read it already, Dallas? I haven't. This will okay. be first for me. Okay, I'm excited. I'm really, I'm really here for it. I am so happy that this will be the first time we talk about Batman on the Comics Collective. <laughs> we've never talked about, we've never done a Batman comic. Never Batman. There's too much of that IRL. So we'll do gay Batman. So we're doing That's gay Batman. Baby steps. Baby steps into Gotham. Oh, it's so good. Oh. I'd love that. It'll be a blast. Maybe that'll be the ongoing joke. We just never do a Batman comic. Never do a Batman comic. When we do a Batman comic, then we retire. Then that'll be the end. It's just kind of like when I read Sandman. That'll be the last <laughs> comic I ever read. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> Hope you had fun. I had fun. I did too. All right. See you, folks. Bye-bye. Bye.